What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Healthy and alive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. All right. Well, let's good. hope so. Let's hope that you stay healthy and alive because we're not going to talk about it this morning, but your governor's not healthy any longer, is he? <laughs> That's what they say anyway. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that later on this afternoon. Uh, well, I also want to talk about some more COVID stuff. You know, I want to talk about the hypocrisy in all this today. And I want to talk about we're going to get into some law enforcement stuff as well. And kind of you can roll the hypocrisy of what's going on with COVID in the U.S. along with you can wrap that up into like the defunding of the police agenda, the disbanding of the police agenda and what's really going on in these cities. The crime rate that's in these cities, which, you know what, we didn't talk about it again. Let's talk about let's start with the, let's lead with the AOC thing. Like let's let's talk about let's talk about the AOC thing. Let's talk about that right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's talk uh, about it right now. Let's talk about this. She has come out. Do we have this? We do. So we have a clip of AOC. She's talking about what's going on in New York. And so let's let's take a listen to this, right? Because you know what's going on in New York. It's, it's not really. It's not about the fact that um, you know there, there's rioting and looting because of thugs. That's not what's going on. That that's not what's happening up there. Bruce, did you know that it's not about that? Did did you know it's not about that? Hmm. It's about so much more in New York. It's about so much more of, of what's actually happening up there. So let's take a listen to what she has to say, what her take is on what's happening in New York with the crime wave. Let's listen to this. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, Maybe it's the fact that unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that People have some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. Um, This woman belongs in a a mental institution. I'm sorry. There's no call for any of this. So let's just start from the beginning. Okay, she's talking about the economic impact of this. Okay, well, the reason that you have an economic impact is because you shut down the economy. Not you per se, but the policy up there was by the governor, by the, the city mayor was to shut down the economy, shut everything down. When we heard a couple of weeks prior to that, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to worry about here. No problem. We don't see any any issues that going forward. We're going to be at the parade. Bring your family out. Go to dinner. Your party shut down the economy. People aren't paying their rent. Well, the reason people aren't paying the rent is because <laughs> it's because you shut everything down. They don't have any money. They feel like they need to go out and shoplift. Well, you did make reference to the fact that some people haven't gotten their stimulus checks. Okay, maybe some haven't. Or not everybody got the uh, the paycheck protection thing, right? The uh, the extra 600 a week, we're kicking them to stay home. Maybe that's true. But I don't largely see people out there shoplifting for a loaf of bread. This is not Venezuela we're talking about here. 
This isn't Caracas. You don't have a starving population. The United States has an obesity epidemic. We don't have a starving population. See, this is a tactic of the hard left when they try to implement socialism in a society. You have to have a starving population in order for this agenda to play out. And they don't have it. So if you don't have one, well, you just create one, right? You just create one. You're telling me that the ones that are out there committing these crimes, the ones that are out there looting, the ones that are out there rioting, you're telling me that these people don't have enough food to eat? Is that what you're saying? Because I look at the pictures of those people that are out there doing these things, the ones that are out there setting businesses on fire, the ones that are out there burning cars, the ones that are out there looting. I don't think they have a problem with food. They don't look like the type that, um, you know, it doesn't look like a mother with with her two kids in there doesn't look like a desperate father. I I don't see that. What I see are masked up meth heads that are out there with crowbars and bricks and Molotov cocktails. That's what I see. So maybe some people don't have that stuff, but you're telling me that they don't have any other form of public assistance? They don't have food stamps, EBT cards? They don't have any of that stuff? See, we don't have a starving population in America because we have those things. That's that social safety net that everyone says doesn't exist. Oh, it's there. I assure you it's there. What do you think, Bruce? So, I, you know, I'm not from the big city and I, I don't know what, you know, big cities do for their stores and whatnot. So, you know, when you have a, like a Nike store or something, you know, I don't know if they have bread or something there that they sell, you know, that that that's unknown to me. But, um, you know, where I'm from, uh, those stores typically only sell shoes or, you know, clothing or, you know, uh, something on those lines. It, it seems kind of... Um, Strange to me that those are the types of places that were being um, raided when, you know, they were really after bread. And I mean, maybe maybe they were confused, too. And they were from other parts of the country that don't have these kind of stores. And they just thought, oh, you know, it's a store. So obviously it's going to have bread or something. Right. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's what she's thinking. Maybe she's not from that area and doesn't spend much time there because she's a congresswoman, you know, and doesn't know what her own stores are in her own districts and, and that they don't actually sell bread there. And those are actually clothing stores. But, you know, it's ridiculous they're saying that they're they're. <laughs> looting and rioting because no food. No, they're looting and rioting because you raised a generation to think that this system is broken, then they have to replace it. And you they think that there's systemic racism, that there's the cops are bad, and that this is the reason they're out at rioting. It's not for lack of food or or any of those things. No. I mean it will be if you continue down this road. They will be out there rioting for food uh, and raiding places, but that's not currently what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't believe the law. Yeah. And that's exactly what she's perpetuating. All right. So there is a conservative alternative to Twitter out there that wants to be the place for free speech for all. But apparently the rules still apply. Yes, that's Parler. We promote it here quite often. I, I pretty much do that, I think, just about every day. We are on Parler. And you know what? It is definitely a, a more friendly place. You do have the diverse conversations over there. I think this is more or less that, mind you, to consider the source here, right? This is a piece coming out of the Washington Post. And we know mm. that people that are, shall we say, the, the trolls of the other side, they've been flooding in over there and they've been crying about how they've been banned. Well, there's a reason you get banned. There, there's a reason you get thrown off that platform. And it's not because you don't have a platform to speak. Of course you do. But when you spam certain things in the comments section, like F you all the time, well, that's going to get you banned. That's going to get you thrown off. Or if you start posting, the, it, essentially, if you go against their terms of service, we've gone through Parler's terms of service. If we didn't agree to it, then we obviously wouldn't be there. It's pretty cut and dry, even though they've just reworked it 
and they've had a legal team go through it and, and everything. So it looks more, you know, professional like a TOS. And essentially, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard to follow some simple rules. Be respectful, first and foremost. What's so difficult about that? But again, I think it's largely that generation that you just mentioned, Bruce. I think it's that generation, a generation of well, quite quite frankly, quite frankly, it's it's degenerates, isn't it? You know that that's they just can't behave. They can't behave. They've never been taught any kind of structure. They were given participation trophies their whole lives, and they just can't follow the simplest of rules. So there is a platform out there for you to express yourself and to have the civil discourse, to have the dialogue, and it's called Parler. P A R L E R. Parler. There's two different ones out there. But in late June, they're making reference to to what's going on with Twitter. In late June, two days after Twitter put a fifth warning on President Donald Trump's tweets, Senator Ted Cruz tweeted that he was joining Parler, and he is over there, along with a few others. Uh, Well, Thomas Massey's over there. Congressman Jim Jordan from my state of Ohio, he's joined. Ted Cruz has called it a platform that gets what free speech is all about. And the CEO is quite adamant about that. He says, look, if you want... Uh, a platform where you can speak what you want. If you can say it on the streets of New York, then you can say it on Parler. Well, i tell you what, I've heard a lot of conversations on the streets of New York, and there's all kinds of dialogue that go on in the streets of New York. There's not a lot of censorship on the streets of New York, I can assure you. Any New Yorker will tell you the same thing. Some of the most prominent users that have jumped over there, the Trump campaign director, Brad Parscale, which you know I, I really don't like what that guy's doing. He's promoting a message that's like five years old. It's ridiculous. Uh, Eric Trump, President's son, he's over there. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McKinney, she's over there. You know what? I love her. She, isn't she great? <laughs> she absolutely smashes the media, and they can't stand it. They cannot stand it. Yeah. I saw a meme of her the other day, and she was standing up there at the podium, like holding her hand out, like she was calling on somebody. And she says, uh, yes, go ahead. You want your ass handed to you, too? Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. She does a fantastic job. It's I amazing. It. I don't know where Trump got her, but she is awesome. She She's awesome. Yeah. And no disrespect to, to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, I thought she did. I thought she did great. But man, this one, she could absolutely give it out. She can dish it out mm-hmm. all day. And I, I think it's great. And the, the media. Oh, well, they she's she's disrespectful. What? So you can sit there and be disrespectful all day long, but she throws it back at you and you can't take it. You know, it works both ways. This is not a one sided conversation here. The fact that you people are even there in the White House is a privilege to begin with. Consider yourself fortunate that you're even there because Trump's nicer than I would be. I'd have the press passes revoked. That's not freedom of the press to be in the White House like that. That's not freedom of the press. That's a privilege to be in there. You can be out there on the White House lawn. You can be out there on the other side of the gate in front of 1600 Pennsylvania, same as anyone else. You can be out there. You don't need access to the inside of the White House, to the press room. I'd have some real non-biased media in there. That's what I would do. I'd have some real non-biased journalists in there, the ones that actually call it like it is. I'd have them in there. I'd give them the access as opposed to somebody that's just going to go out and print whatever you want anyway. You go in and you get the agenda that's put forth by Trump, by the press secretary, by the other officials that are up there at the podium, and then you just go out and you print whatever you want. You're not a journalist at that point. You're a propagandist. But anyway, I digress. There's an old saying. I say old saying. Growing up, I was always told, if you can't take it, don't dish it out, right? No, I, I, my family's pretty honorary and we joke with each other and whatnot. And that was the thing, right? Growing up, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. So media, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. Simple as that. Absolutely. I agree. Parlor chief executive and co-founder John Matt said the app welcomes all voices, but the company appears to cater to a right wing base fed up with what they view as censorship on traditional social media sites. What they believe is 
censorship on mm. traditional social media sites, what they believe, what they view as mm-hmm. censorship. Well, what mm-hmm. is it? <laughs> what, what is it? If it's not censorship, then what is it? Having somebody's account banned after, I don't know, 10 years. I think, what was it? What was Gavin McGinnis? 10 years? 10, 12 years? Yeah, something like that. Had his account thrown off. Other people that have had their accounts deleted. What would you call that? People that have their posts taken down, demonetization, what would you call that? Or how about the Veritas videos that have come out and it's the people that actually work for the social media, um, uh, you know, moderating and everything and saying you post something on there about Trump. Absolutely. I'm going to ban you or absolutely. I'm going to delete that post. Right. Uh, Sorry, that's that's not how this works. Um, uh, So they appear to cater to a right wing base fed up with what they view as censorship. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I'm not a right winger. Okay. I'm not a right winger. I might have some of the views, right? But I also have some of the views of the, you know what? I don't believe in left and right. Okay. I'll go there on you. I I believe in ideas, what someone stands for. And what I see is social media companies censoring people based on a biased viewpoint. That's what I see. That's what I see. What do we see with YouTube and the start of all this COVID stuff? Well, we're going to follow the line of the WHO. You don't agree with the WHO? Well, we have to take your content down because it can be misinformation. Well, I call that censorship. That's what I call that. We initially, this is Matt's quote. He says, we initially attracted conservative users because they felt disenfranchised by other social media platforms. Well, they did. Parler is quickly discovering the limits of free expression. On June 30th, Matt's took to Parler to explain its house rules. Apparently frustrated with some of Parler's new users. He wasn't frustrated. The users were. The new users. Apparently frustrated with some of Parler's new users testing the limits of its free expression motto by posting pornographic images and obscenities, which... Bruce, I read to you, I, I can't repeat them, obviously, because of, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. listed as clean, so I, I can't repeat them. But he listed very clearly. I mean, I, I sat here and we talked about it. I, he listed very clearly why they were banned, why they were kicked off and why they were crying about well, it. Well, I mean, you, you can say some of them were posting uh, uh, pictures of their fecal matter. Yes, um, yes. And they were posting pornographic images. You can't post pornographic yes. images of any kind. None. Yeah. And you can't name yourself something obscene, right? We'll just leave it at that. You can't do that. Like, you can't pick a username that's that's obscene. Like, well, I, I can't say it. But mm-hmm. anyway, says here that Parler is facing the same evolution that bigger social media companies have confronted for years, balancing free expression with creating safe and inviting online communities. Twitter early on referred to itself as the free speech wing of the free speech party. Yeah, right. Facebook chief executive Mark Zuckerberg maintained through the company's early years that it is not a publisher, but a neutral platform. Facebook is still a place for free expression, Zuckerberg said in a speech last year. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, but he acknowledged that some speech that is harmful and infringes on others' rights should not be allowed. Who decides what that is? Yeah, and it just goes on and on and on. This is uh, this is too long to go over. But honestly, this is the free market, right? Th- that's what this is. This is the free market. And I've, yeah. as everybody knows, we champion the free market here, right? It's a marketplace of ideas. So if you have a company that comes along and claims to be what Parler is, then they have a right to operate. And all I see this piece right here out of the Washington Post, all I see is, and you knew that this was going to, you knew this was going to happen. All I see is, Two social media giants, Twitter and Facebook, I see them coming after a competitor to try and stop it. That's what I see. And so by this action that's being taken by Twitter and Facebook, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. You're going to have echo chambers. I mean, that's that's all that's going to be. That, that's all that's, it's going to be. It's just going to be echo chambers, which largely it already is, of just leftist propaganda and extremist views and things of that nature. When I say extremist views, Antifa organizes on Facebook. That's all you need to know. That, that's all you need to know. 
They've been declared a domestic terrorist organization in the United States, and they organize on Facebook, and they're still there, and they allow it. So if you have Zuckerberg coming out and saying that Facebook is a place of free expression, but he acknowledged that some speech that is harmful and infringes on others' rights should not be allowed. What's Antifa do? What do they do? So yes, this is the marketplace of ideas. If Parler puts out a superior product and it makes the other platforms inferior, well, time to go, right? It's time to go. That's that's my take. So what, what do you think? You know, um, it's going to sound crude and I, I don't mean this in a, in a literal sense, but evolve or die, right? I mean, that that's kind of the, the mantra of evolution. Either, either you adapt and change with the times or your company ends. I mean, it, it'll it'll collapse. Uh, that's, that's the free market. That's the way it is. I, I kind of feel like it's a Facebook and Twitter is kind of going down the road of well, even YouTube. MySpace. Capitulating or well, MySpace is more or less dead. It's well, more, exactly. MySpace is they're, more of your. They're going the way of MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to get in bed with the government, the, shall we say, uh, police state you know, social credit, all that kind of stuff. They're trying to to go along with that and bring that in in so that they're so that they're the ones, you know, they're the guardians or the gatekeepers of that society, of that world. So they're basically assuring their their own success and continuation. However, you when you have these upstart companies come in and start disrupting their their plans, that's when you start seeing the hit pieces done by what would you say? Washington Post uh, that did this one. Yeah. When, when you see these these other organizations come up. And the other thing that I'm, I'm curious about and I think is part of this Washington Post, uh, New York Times, you know, all these. If you notice how many tweets they they mention or Facebook posts in, in there, like it seems to be all the reporting is based on now. Well, so and so on Twitter said this and so and so on Twitter said that. And I'm sitting here going, I really don't care who so and so said. Why don't you dig in and find out what the real facts are? Uh, but yeah, could tell us what you really think, Bruce, what you really think about social media. Here's the question. Here's the question I have to ask. When are you going to come to Parlor? When are you going to come over there and check it out? God, I I, um, I, I know we're, we're using yeah, I, I also I, I hate social media. I really do. So do I, I. It, I can't I, stand it's, it. It's I can't stand so it. So difficult for me to. My problem is, is I legitimately like back in the day when MySpace was a big deal and I was younger and, you know, more friends and hanging out and all, I rarely used it. I'm I'm the kind of person that if you know me and you want to interact with me, you have my number. You you have other means to contact me. You know yeah. how to talk. You know, contact yeah. me. Uh, yeah. So I, I I don't do well with social media. I forget about it and it just sits there. And then you know, you know that's, three six that's months my... later, I'm like, oh yeah, I should just delete that. I'm, I'm never on it. And then <laughs> that's I my biggest problem. It, so. Yeah, that's my biggest problem is with, with this whole parlor thing. I'm just like, you know what? I I just don't I don't care. You know, I, I just don't care. I, I don't even think about it. I'm like, you know what? I, I just don't have anything that I want to say. But occasionally, occasionally I'll put something out. Occasionally I'll put something out about, you know, whatever's hot that day or, or whatever. And of course, I promote the podcast uh, and I and I do take uh, take feedback from listeners. So uh, thank you for all of you that dropped myself and, and Marty a, uh, a line over there. I want to give it a look at some point. Uh, I'm holding out hope that you'll get over there at some point. So we, we'll see. Anyway. All right. We're going to have to jump out of here. Eventually. Yeah, all right. all right, we'll see. All right, we're going to have to jump out of here this morning. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning. 